Broadcasting from the third coast and recorded live at Tripod South Studios, this is The Hango Show. I need to get inside your head. I got to know if you insane. <laughs> Laser focus. Focused. <laughs> yeah. Good deal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's good stuff. It, it, it fixes what's wrong with you, for sure. Well, I tell you what, it tunes me in. You know, I mean, I get tuned in. She says, man, I get really focused. Whatever. Why keep it around? Our shows wouldn't be two hours long if it wasn't for that stuff. I mean, come on. <laughs> I got talky and smiley. Yeah. There you go. I guess I'm dopey. What are, you, what are you, smarty? I'm goofy. <laughs> I'm a whole different truth. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hango Show. This is your host, Hango Wooden. Tonight, I've got uh, the boys back in here. I've got Harpoon and I've got Jut, and we have in person, in studio at Tripod South, I have Miss Alabama, no longer coming through the airwaves, but actually here talking to us in person. How y'all doing tonight? Great, man. I'm Good. excited. Good. Everybody, everybody got him a jello shot earlier? Yes, we did. So come on, get you one more. I don't need no more. Are you sure? I'm, I'm solid. It's come a party. <laughs> One is plenty for me. Come on, man. Let's knock these out. I got a couple left. I had two. Well, make it three. Make it three. What a baker's dozen. <laughs> Drink it. Yeah. Watermelon jello shots. There we go. I'm going to get you tuned in eventually. I, I, I have to kind of get everything kind of set up for everybody's voices. Everybody's a little so different. Are like loud? Are we quiet? You just want to speak. You want to speak into it loud enough. It's got a noise gate in it okay. to kind of block out background noise. Um, so you have to kind of really speak into it to kind of get it to deactivate that noise gate. Gotcha. So don't be afraid to be loud. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I won't hold back. Please don't. Got the word deactivate <laughs> already floating around. <laughs> so how was your week, Harper? What's going on with you? A lot of catering this week. This past week, man, we were we were catering just about every day. Um, had a bunch going on. It was a it was a really busy week. Um, I was I was really tired, man. I mean, I I found myself, you know, thinking, "Damn, man, it's only nine thirty, and I am ready to lay down." Oh, the sun going down is it throwing you off? You think? I know the time change um, definitely did, but every morning. You know, I had to be up so early because all this catering was going out at lunch. Oh, gotcha. and uh, and uh, two of the days it was just me. I mean, I just did it up there, and then um, and then my boy Nick would come in to clean up and start prepping for the next day's catering. So um, yeah, I was up at you know four and five o'clock, you know, going in, and, and so by nine o'clock, man, that's I'm, pretty damn early for you. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, well, I mean, you know, when I don't normally have to be at work, you know, till 8.30 or 9, you know, coming in an extra, you know, three or four or five hours early. I mean, yeah, that, you tack that on the end of the day and, you know, I mean, I'm pretty close to being Superman, but damn, I mean, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would wear me out, you know. You sound a little congested. You had something going on? I do, man. Yesterday I had a, I had a migraine really bad. It was back here in my neck and base of my head and then it would just go straight through my head to my left eye. And uh, it kept me up most of the night, really didn't get a whole lot of sleep. Um, and then today I woke up and my head was just, just draining. Like all that, all that pressure, you know, was finally letting go first, first part of the day. Um, 
but I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I mean, it's just the way it works sometimes, you know, I used to get these migraines quite often. I mean, hell you used to, I mean, literally man, it, um, ha- uh, Hango would literally just about save my life on, on some days. Oh, don't get carried away. No, I mean, hey, look, I'm saying they're just so debilitating. <laughs> this, I was going to say, I saw your Superman suit earlier this afternoon. <laughs> get in the dry cleaners. <laughs> I did, yeah. Well, he is Superman every now and then. It's the same with his birthday suit. <laughs> With some kind of suit, just saying. Get that big S in his chest hair on his. <laughs> yeah, shave that S. Uh, well, anyway, I forgot where the hell I was, man. Talking about, Talk about how I saved your life so many times. Absolutely, yeah. Even because of these debilitating <laughs> migraines that I used to get, and uh, and you know, while you were at the shop, I would tell I would tell him all the time, you know, how you squeeze my shoulders. I mean, hell, you could look and see those damn big bear paws on the end of that man. <laughs> You know, he was, you know, cracking rocks, you know, when he was grabbing my neck and it would just, it would relieve a lot of that pressure. And there was a lot of days really that that's just about the only thing that really kind of kept me moving down there, you know. There's Look, a pressure point, you know, right here in the fatty part of your hand between your thumb and your. The webbing of your thumb mm-hmm, and forefinger. Mm-hmm. You ever tried that? Um, it, from time to time I have, yeah, I've, I've tried it. I've tried just about Does everything. That help? Does it relieve it at all? It, um, yeah, a little bit. It does. You know, it used to, I tell you what, I used to feel like whenever I would do that, I would feel like on days that I had really bad migraines, um, it would be a lot harder mm-hmm. that, that muscle that's right in there, you know, would, wouldn't be as loose. Um, there's been days, man, where I thought about, you know, slamming my finger in a car door just to take my mind off the headache. You know? <laughs> Let me show you a little trick. <laughs> I can imagine. I, I, like I said, I've had migraines may, maybe at the most three times a year. You know, but when I get them, I'm like, I want to be in the cave with air conditioner on yeah. and no lights. You know, everything quiet. It's it, they're not fun. My bedroom was extra cold today. You know. When, uh, I got up. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I just keep it because you were just like uh, uh, you were going everywhere with it, so I didn't know. <laughs> I was just saying, so you know, you were wearing your Superman suit. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I keep it chilling. Um, but yeah, I mean, last night I had it. I had it. Uh, it was very cold in there, you know, because I had that pressure in my head. Yeah, I'm just like you, man. Dark, quiet, cold. Well, I, I like it cold. Uh, year-round in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. I, I want it to be sleeping time when I'm in the bedroom. And, like, we still have, like, our floor fan going. Mm-hmm. Even now, it, it being 40s at night. Still got that fan moving the air around. Oh, yeah. Can't do it. What's wrong with you? I just can't do it. Can't sleep with a something blowing in my face. It's not blowing in my face. It's blowing across the bed. It's not mounted to the ceiling. Okay. <laughs> You're not going to win this one, Judd. All right. So, I mean, you don't have any kind of fan moving or anything? Nothing? The ceiling fan. Ceiling and fan. it drives me insane. Nancy can't really? sleep without it on. Really? And I I hate it. You want just stagnant air when you're sleeping? Just, yeah. Totally or quiet. quiet. I want to be warm. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no, when no, I no. get in bed, I'm, I'm, I want to be warm. And I'm hot anyway. Like, super. Like, well, I am too. I want it I'm cold just, in my room. But, you sound kind of like, like, like I hot can't flash. sleep if I'm cold. Really? I, I just can't. Well, no, I, I've got this trick I do wow. where I, I wrap one leg out, out of the covers <laughs> and my thought process is my blood flows through my leg and gets cold and comes back into my body. So it's keeping everything regulated. See, Nancy I've got a whole like that. I thought women only. 
There you go. More you know. Use you your go. leg as a radiator. <laughs> women only had these like tactics at night trying to no, I got all stay kinds of cool and <laughs> did me hot flashes and I take an ice bath before I get in the bed. White noise um, apps. On now the- I do listen. I have like the oh those work rain on a tent. Yeah, I got that on the app. Yes, God, yes. A rain hitting a windowsill. It knocks me out. Hey, is that on that betting website that you? No, I don't think I told that story last week, did I? Somebody, I don't know. I told you about it, but I don't think I told it on oh, here. Oh yeah, okay. We went to the casinos. I was trying to go to sleep, and I was still kind of in my overnight sleep pattern, and uh, I didn't take any of my sleeping pills with me when I went to the casino, and so Tink had been asleep for hours, of course. Uh, no, no, this was the second night. She was still awake. I found sleeping pills that day. And so I took my pills. <laughs> I took my pills, lay down in the bed. I was trying to find something to, to listen to on the phones. I pulled up YouTube. I was going to find like a, a soundscape to listen to. And Casper Mattresses has got their own YouTube channel. And they tell bedtime stories with soundscapes in the background of it. And so I was like, fuck it. It's an hour long. I'll put it on. Turn it on. They started off with Jack and the Beanstalk. Okay. Well, I fell asleep long before it got into the actual nitty gritty of the story. And so when we got up Sunday morning, Tink goes, what the fuck were you playing last night on your phone? <laughs> I was like, well, Casper Mattresses has got like, their own story time stuff. She's like, I was like, I heard the first part of it. She's like, yeah, they told three of them. And they progressively got more fucked up as they went along. <laughs> I was like, really? She's like, they were telling like old stories, but did like these really funky twist on them. She's like, I was like, what the fuck is he listening to? <laughs> so they told three, and then it was like a river stream and then birds chirping in the background. And she's like, I was waiting for it to run out before I went to sleep. <laughs> so, Judd, how was your week, man? Yeah. How's your week been going? How was last week or whatever? Last week was all right. <clears throat> um, same old, same old. Hanging in there. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't seen a whole lot of changes in anything um, lately, so no news is good news, I guess, on that front. Very true. So, Enjoying your Wednesday off still? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that may that may be a permanent thing. So, Should be. I mean, yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think it's going to turn into a permanent. Good deal. We'll see. Still, it's still up so. in the air, but has not as your new Wednesday. Has it got a routine yet? No. I mean, is it no, just, you, it's just whatever I want to do, you know, if I have to, you know, there'll, there'll be, there'll be a couple of days that like I'll have to go to pick up an order from a, one of my vendors. But, um, other than that, I'm just trying to keep it open and, uh, man, do you have enjoy any the of time those, off. uh, disc golf things? I mean, I know you, I mean, you know, you've like been, a, you've, you've been a fan of doing that mm-hmm. before. You ever thought about putting one of those up kind of out there just as like a pitch shot type thing for you? Yeah. I mean, you got um, a great yard out there. That be- yeah. I've, um, I've looked into like the, the little, you know, kind of do it yourself one. They, they sell kits that you can buy, like you can, and you know, sky's the limit on what you want to spend on them, but they do have some, I know veteran, bra- uh, veteran baskets, uh, makes a really easy put together kit that you can set up anywhere. You can throw it in the back of your car, take it with you, put it in the backyard, wherever you want. Uh, so I've been looking into one of those. Um, I've got a little cheapy, like plastic type one 
that came uh, just with some crap discs and stuff like that. But I've never really used it. <clears throat> so with the discs I have, it would knock it over if I threw it at it. So it just it's not stable. It's just a real cheap basket uh, with plastic chains. So looks like that'd be something, man, you'd really enjoy to have. Yeah, you know, just something to you know blow off some steam. Yeah, a couple of really chill. good discs, and mm-hmm. have like even like I mean, heck, you're super construction oriented, man. I mean, you could concrete one of them baskets in the ground and do it, yeah. make it look nice, you know. Well, I mean, they make them now where you can roll them. They've got you know they've got or they're so lightweight now. Uh, they're they're sturdy enough to throw a disc at, oh, you know, okay. and have it catch. And they put like the, a water it's all base metal though. Oh, it's just- no, it's just a it's just a wide base, so it sits flat wherever you put it. And uh, you can, like I said, you can set them up anywhere. You can take it to a park or whatever. You know, give yourself some distance to throw at it. Yeah. You know, for target practice or whatever. But uh, yeah, it'd be good to you know throw up in the backyard, kind of like any anything else. You know, cornhole or whatever. Um, you could do that. Hey, hell yeah. You yeah. got a great yard for it, too. Yeah, just got to dodge the dog turds. <laughs> the Asha bombs. Yeah, Asha, Asha bombs. They have minefield back there. <laughs> yep. All right. Miss Alabama, how was your week? I kind of like that. Yeah, you should. Play it one more time. There you go. I think a double back-to-back, man, is always <laughs> preferable. What's going on with you this week? Good. Um... Went and saw Mississippi State beat Auburn. Hell yeah. Hail, Hail State. State. That was awesome. It's a great time. Um, lots of family. And, um, you know, my work, I'm in sales. We're coming into the end of the year. So it's clean out what we call the barn. Get it and Big try to sell time. it. Yeah, push time. But I was telling um, Harpoon earlier, uh, we're having um, more surcharges. So I don't know. You're from with um, familiar with, but with uh, cost of freight, um, we were let's see before COVID, a container was like three thousand dollars. Today, a container is eighteen thousand dollars. Yeah, Damn. so we went from six percent surcharge to nine percent surcharge. I saw today there's a guy yeah. in California and he imports uh, home goods, microwaves, and small appliances, and he has. Uh, orders that are six months old. He orders that are six months old that he can't feel because he don't have the product for it. And his container cost from China went from two thousand dollars to twenty five thousand dollars. crazy for a container. Yeah. And everything that everything that I mean, he's got to spread that out over. Well, he he don't have any product. Everything's still held up out in, out at the harbor. But when it comes in, in, I mean, I mean that increase. I mean, he's just got to spread it out and just sell it. Right. He, he said he's probably not gonna be able to stay open because he's not getting enough product. In to pay for these container charges, he's just he's just screwed. Yeah, I was just out in California. Um, when did I go? About a month ago, mm-hmm. and twenty plus boats just sitting there. And I mean, flying in, you could just see them like all out, even far, farther out. Yeah, but they're sitting. It's taking at least two weeks to unload. And then there's shortage of truck drivers. Shit's just sitting there, you know. And on top of that, shit's getting lost. Yeah. Like our guys that are delivering stuff because they can't get good help. I got stuff going to Mississippi that was supposed to go to Alabama. I mean, and so, yeah, so it's. The pain in the ass. It's, it's bad times it's for sure. But, you know, we'll get through it like everything else. 
Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. For sure. Um, I had some good news. I don't think I told y'all last week. Um, my company is paying everyone $2,500 retention bonuses. What? For, <laughs> just to stay working. <laughs> wow. We get $500 extra a month from November to March. Congratulations. That's so, awesome. Oh, yeah. And uh, they, also, they also have implemented a, um, a recruitment program. If we recommend somebody to come work there and they get hired, we get $2,500 in a lump sum after they've been there for a year. And I've got a guy that's trying to come to work for us that I recommended. So if y'all see me around in a new chain, <laughs> come next December, you'll know where it came from. <laughs> get some bling. Get my Jesus chain going. Uh, and, and Big play- mango chain. <laughs> hey, so I Big got a question. Piece. Sure. So where did the Hango, how'd you come up with Hango? And, okay. Well, no, we, no we ever, the story about Hango. No one has asked that question since we started the show. No one has said, hit, where's hit, the name? Hit my come? button again. Because I'm the first one to ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I've made a monster is what I've done. Nah. Uh, when I was, um, I had my shop here in town, you know, where I lived at, mm-hmm. out there in the next next town over. When I get home in the evenings, a lot of times I would just crack a beer and sit on the front, on the front porch because I was single, you know, and I had nothing else to do. So I get home at five or so, and I'd go in and get my shower and put on some clothes, sit on the front porch, crack a beer, you know. And you know how close it is to the highway there, where the house was. You could see the highway from there. And my cousin Shank was coming by. He lived maybe a quarter mile up the road from me. What was what's the name? His name is Shank. Shank. What we call him. You know, that's not his real name. His mother didn't hate him like mine did. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So he would go by. He would, you know, honk his horn. And some nights he'd come back down there and he'd get a beer. And we'd sit around and talk for an hour or so. He always picked up his daughter from daycare and we got off work. She would be with him whenever they went by. And so this particular day. He went by and honked, you know, I threw my hand up. Well, you know, 45 minutes later, he came down the road and pulled in. He, hey, hey, went and got a beer and came out there. He's like, got to tell you what the, what the girl just said. I said, what? She said, he said, went by the house. I honked and she said, oh, there's Hango Wood. And he goes, who? And she goes, Hango Wood. He's like, I guess. And from that point on, she always called me Hango Wood. A four-year-old child's mind. Who knows? <laughs> you don't want to go there. You know what I mean? There you go. And so it went from her calling me that to him calling me that. And the family called me that because she called me that so much. And then it just kind of took off from there. That I, I use it as, a, as like my story. Yeah. I use it as my, my gamer name when I played on online games and stuff. So there's like people all over the country that I played with that uh, never knew my name. They just knew me as Tango Wood. Wow. So that's where it came from. Four-year-old. So, Four-year-old, yep. And she's 20 now, so it tells you how long it's been there. <clears throat> um, but now, my company's also offering $1,500 sign-up bonuses to people who want to come work there. Uh, my department, not really losing anybody. We lost one person, um, but they were long overdue to leave, in my opinion. One of those kind of people. Mm-hmm. You know, wouldn't missed. When they quit, yeah, like oh, okay, okay. <laughs> if you insist, <laughs> you know, they need anybody for Wednesday. 
No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> right. not, not just Wednesdays. Uh, but a, a guy I used to work with, always in retail, doing asset protection. Um, I thought, man, he'd, he'd be so good. But because before he did asset protection, he worked as a support manager, dealing with shipping and receiving and whatnot, which, which a lot of my job is. So I texted him. I was like, hey, man, you want to come drive some blood around? <laughs> He's like, man, he said, I'm so tired of doing this. He said, chasing criminals, it's, it, I'm over it. He's been doing that for four or five years now. Now, he just got bumped up to like an administrative part of that too, right? What's that? Hey, didn't he just get bumped up to like an administrative part of that? What, the Did, AP jobs? Didn't he just Didn't he just get a promotion? No, no, you're thinking about my other buddy. Oh, oh, this is a different. It's guy. not it's not Dingo. It's another guy who used to work for us. Oh, I was about Dingo. No, no, he, he just he took a whole new job doing um, human resources at another company. Oh, oh, see, yeah. I just thought he just moved. No, up. he got a whole new job. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is another buddy of ours. Um, he worked with us, but when he worked with us, he wouldn't do an AP. He was like a support manager. But after I left the company, he moved up to AP and went to another store to work there. I said, "Well, man, if you want to come." Drive some blood around, you know? And he's like, I don't know, man, how much does it pay? I told him how much I paid. He's like, I get paid about 50 cents, 50 cents more an hour doing what I do now. I'm like, well, do you enjoy your work-life balance there? Because I know you don't have any. You know, because there was times when I worked AP, they were texting. I was work, scheduled to work like from 1 to 10 or 1 to 10.30. They start calling texting me at 9 in the morning. Where are you at? I'm in the bed. And I'm going to stay here until 12 o'clock when I have to get up to come to work, you know. We went out to the Bahamas one time. Got texts all the time I was down there. We got somebody in the store. Where are you at? I'm, like, I'm not even in the country. Go find somebody else. <laughs> yeah. I'm that a couple thousand miles gone. away, you know. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, this job, you have a set work schedule. Um, like he would be working like Sunday through Wednesday, 10-hour days. So four tens, you know. We have really good insurance. We have all kinds of, of really good benefits. And uh, he's got a woman now. He's got a couple of kids. You know, he wants to spend more time with them. And he said, I've got to do something to get out of this because this is not a good work-life balance. And so he applied and had a phone interview of the day. And then he's had a, got an in-person interview this week. So I'm hoping he gets, gets hired on, not just for my bonus, but for for his well, well-being for sure. Shoot you up. That's great. Yeah. And plus, man, that fifty cents an hour for how many days off? Yeah, he'll he'll work four, then be off three straight. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. with the other company, who knew? You know, there was times when that company I'd work ten, twelve days straight. See, you know, and it's it's just not for fifty cents. No, and you know, we know our our schedule is the same for years in advance. You can kind of plan stuff out. You know, me, I know I'm going to be off every other week, so I can plan a year out for vacation or whatever I want to do. You know, same other people on other shifts. We have, we have two shifts that work, um, like Wednesday to Saturday. And the other two shifts work, work Sunday through Wednesday. Everybody's there on Wednesday. It's a given. But yeah, you know, you, I always liked working four tens and being done. It's so much better to me to have a, have a three day weekend or yeah. three off days, whatever you want to say. Let me get my news pulled up here. All right. Hey, man, I know this is way off subject. But no, go for it. Up that, up there on that shelf up there, is that like a Chia Pet mullet? 
Right here? No, no, no. Above that, in that box. Andrew. W. No, it's Andrew WK right here. No, no, up there, up the top, up the box by the vases. What is that? Yeah, that's a box. This came in. Oh, see, I couldn't see. I couldn't see all that. I thought that was like a chia pet. That no hair was growing out <laughs> in a mullet. No, it's just it's a box where bobblehead came in. So okay. that's all it is. All right, I just couldn't see it. Sorry. Right. What's in the news? Jeff Bezos threatens to push Leonardo DiCaprio off a cliff after viral video shows actor talking to Lauren Sanchez. You know who Lauren Sanchez is? The that's the chick, that's that's the chick that Bezos own. left his wife for. Yeah. His new CIA handlers, I say. <laughs> um, you're right. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Come on. Uh, you're standing between your boyfriend, who happens to be the second richest man ever to walk the planet, and one of the most successful movie stars of the past 30 years. Who do you swoon over? For Lauren Sanchez, you want to help get some glasses on. I thought you were younger. You what? I thought you were younger. I told you oh, I, I was those old. Were readers. Are those readers? <laughs> yeah. Or, oh, prescription. Oh, so you really? And you're 40? Yeah. Oh, man. I went to the eye doctor the other day. Went Friday. And? Because I couldn't see when I, driving at night. And when you work third shift, you kind of need to see to drive. That night. was very important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, she's like, "Yeah, you're not your night vision's like next to nothing." I was like, "Well, I could have told you that. I had to pay you thirty five dollars for this." I <laughs> uh, start this over. Okay, who, who do you swoon over? For Lauren Sanchez, the girlfriend of Amazon founder and central billionaire Jeff Bezos, the answer, at least according to the internet, is hit on Leonardo DiCaprio. A context-free second, six-second clip uploaded to Twitter shows Miss Sanchez engaging in what appears to be a very interesting conversation with DiCaprio while Mr. Bezos stands by, cucked as fuck. <laughs> the body language, again, we stress this is an out-of-context clip, suggests, strongly suggests who the third will is. The clip quickly went viral, with many suggesting Miss Sanchez was flirting with DiCaprio. Mr. Bezos, whose net worth is more than $270 billion, responds to the clip by jokingly, we hope, threatening his potential love rival. Leo, come over here. I want to show you something, he posted on Twitter, next to an image of a shirtless and surprisingly ripped Mr. Bezos and a sign warning, danger, steep cliff drop-off. Shit. See it? Yeah. The threat... The threat of a date with gravity doesn't appear to have phased DiCaprio, who hasn't responded to Mr. Bezos. Mr. Bezos, I keep calling him Mr. Bezos. Shorten has got some respect. Get fucked. Mr. Bezos, Jeffrey, has been romantically linked to Miss Sanchez since 2019 when he discovered when he divorced his wife of 25 years, Mackenzie Scott. As part of the divorce, Miss Scott was granted 25% of the couple's shared Amazon stock without voting rights. Uh, which at the time was worth $49 billion, making her one of the richest women in the world. You know, Jesus better watch his step. Man. <laughs> DiCaprio will have that hoe on his boat. Painting her, like, painting her like a French girl. He may, may take Bezos' new boat. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He'll be on that new yacht. Did I show that picture of it? Mm-hmm. Did I show it to you? Yeah. Have like you seen four it? city mm. blocks. There's a warehouse next to it. It looks like a, like a, like, a house. Yeah. This boat is gigantic. And it's got a support yacht that has to go with it. Like one of those shipping containers. Support basically. yacht. <laughs> one of those a support ship. yacht, like a support bra? It's, it's where the help stays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they have their own yacht that follows them. 
Yeah. I'm on the poor folk yacht. Sorry. <laughs> you know, before she joined the, the uh, CIA, she was a mud wrestler. You know what her name was? What? Dirty Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> I decided what to give you. I was like, it's good enough. The more you know. Random facts. Yeah. Um, Look at the brain on bread. Oh, you want that one? <laughs> nope, that's not it. Check out the big it brain is. on bread. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so Jeff's done. Now, I could have swore this was about Judd. When I saw it, I was like, damn, Judd didn't tell me he had a wild weekend. Firefighters rescued naked man stuck in the landmark theater bathroom wall for several days. Several days. Several days. days. Stuck in a wall. Stuck in the wall. Naked. Is there a picture? (laughs) No. (laughs) God, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) It's out of Syracuse, Somebody has documented that somewhere. I'm just saying. There's a picture. Those firefighters all have their phones out and they broke that wall down. A man was rescued. Oh, a video. <laughs> a man was rescued Friday morning from inside a wall in the Landmark Theater after being stuck there for days. Around 7:30 a.m., the Syracuse Fire Department responded to a report of a man stuck in a wall in the theater. Syracuse Fire Fire Deputy Glasses. Spit it out. Glasses, hang up. Glasses. Stop stumbling. Around 7.30, the, fire, the Syracuse Fire Department responded to a report of a man stuck in a wall in the theater. Syracuse Fire Deputy Chief John Kane said, An employee at the theater heard the man yelling for help and called 911, Kane said. The 39-year-old man got into the building on Tuesday, police said. This was Friday when they got there. The police had called. So he'd been there since Tuesday. What? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> he had been he had been seen wandering around the theater early in the week, said Mike, somebody, some, some name. I'm sorry, some Italian name. <laughs> I don't think I can say on the air, can I? You just uh, did. What's that? You just did. Well, I could edit it out. Yeah, That's, the beauty of, That's the beauty of recording stuff. <laughs> don't edit it. <laughs> Executive director of the theater. Employees who had seen the man lost track of him and thought he had left the building. I don't know if he was entering to keep warm or to use the bathroom. I don't know. Instead of leaving, the man got into a crawl space in the building, Kane said. He was in the hiding spot for two days before he fell into the wall. It fell into the space in the wall of the man's bathroom, uh, becoming trapped. Firefighters with Rescue Company, one, drilled a hole in the wall and used a fiber optic camera to determine the man's exact location. There's your video. Yep. <laughs> I hope there it was, you go. I hope it was from the waist up they had the camera <laughs> drilled into. <laughs> that camera has a huge cock right in the camera. <laughs> the dog hanging. Nice to see you. Uh, they carefully cut through several layers of drywall and structural clay tile to free the man, he said. Uh, the man was naked when firefighters found him. Of course he was. It's hot in there, dude. Come on. The man was transported to Upstate University Hospital for evaluation. Uh, the man had no visible injuries but was probably suffering from dehydration. At this time, no criminal charges have been filed against the man. Well, I started to ask, man, before I found out, you know, they fell down in there. You know, I was like, what part of him is stuck in the wall? Man? The whole thing. <laughs> I know, but I was just thinking, man, I mean, you know, is he getting one of them going? Or, or, <laughs> I'm looking for the glory hole. Yeah. You can see where they cut him out. Look at that. Wow. They cut Damn. about a six foot tall spot out of the wall to pull this guy out of the wall. Yeah. So it was in the men's bathroom. Yes. 
he went into a crawl space, I guess, up above, and it got in between the wall, like between like the, the drywall and the tile, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and they had to cut him out of that. Like spelunk? What is it when you're going through caves? Yeah, spelunking. Like spelunking? Yeah. Is it spelunking? Or? I guess so. I don't know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> no, maybe I've he was trying to be an explorer. I've heard so many crazy stories of people finding people living in their houses. Have you seen those? Well, I've seen horror movies. Like no, I mean. Like, in the freaking attic and, you know, yeah. attic. Did I say addict? Or yeah. Attic. Uh-oh. You said addict. Uh-oh. Tell it on yourself. Uh-oh. Um, so, yeah. I've seen horror movies based on that. No, I've seen, like, <clears throat> true stories of people who, like, leave for the day, come home, and, like, things were kind of out of place. Like, I don't remember leaving that there and this kind of stuff. And then, like, they smell like cigarette smoke. They're like, what's that, what's that smell? You know, like months later, find out somebody's been living in, like in the attic door, like inside their closet. <laughs> they would come down during the day and eat food and stuff, then go back up before they came home from, from work. That's nuts. <clears throat> Remember, man, you had uh, a, a thing on the news um, probably about a month or so ago of somebody out in California living in their somebody else's. Yeah, they popped was, the locks off their house and just moved in. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't. Lock your doors, people. That's all I'm going to tell you. Keep you, especially if you have like a any kind of attic or a basement or something. Keep your damn doors locked. That, that shit terrifies. To come home and find something in your house, that'd be that'd be dangerous. It, it, around here, it would be. Yeah. Somebody get their ass kicked. I mean, it's At it's. Least, you know, I mean that's crazy. There's too many. Or be waiting on you with your own gun. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> Just have them laying around. <laughs> Like, oh, cool. 12 gauge. <laughs> I can use this. <laughs> yeah, wait till this fucker gets on. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. This is out of Japan. Japan death row inmates sue over same day executions. Say that again. Japan death row inmates sue over same day executions. Now, people talk shit about the U.S. having. <clears throat> like death row and stuff. Texas put in like an express lane in their in their death row. You know, we use somebody on the death row usually stays there for like twenty twenty five years. You know, hmm. Japan's put in one stop shop. Oh yeah, convicted and right right to the gallows seems like. Jeez, let's go. Um, two death row inmates in Japan are taking legal action against same day executions. Prisoners on death row are notified only hours before they're executed. Capital punishment in Japan is conducted by hanging. The lawyer, their lawyer has argued such short notice was extremely inhumane, local media said. Rights groups have long criticized the practice, saying it affects the mental health of prisoners. Death row prisoners live in fear every morning that day will be their last, said the lawyer for the two death row inmates. The central government has said this is meant to keep prisoners from suffering before their execution, but that's, that's no explanation. Overseas, prisoners are given time to contemplate the end of their lives and mentally prepare. The prisoners filed a suit in district court in the city of Osaka on Thursday in what's believed to be a first arguing the, the short notice doesn't give them time to, fill, to file an, op, an objection. <clears throat> they have asked for 22 million yen or $193,500 in compensation, according to their lawyer. 
there are more than 100 people in death row in Japan, but none have been executed in nearly two years. So, yeah. They How can, many people on death row? 100. 100. Um, they can just come in one morning like, hey, you're up. You know? And that's kind of shitty because, I mean, I don't know what Japan's law is like. But in America, we have right to due process. We can file... We can file appeals and whatnot. It seemed, I mean, I mean, I guess I probably just misheard it or whatever, but it sounded like that whenever the, the judgment was passed at that day, you know, where you're in court and you go, okay, you're found guilty and you're doing your life or whatever. And, but instead of taking you there, we're just going to take you out back and string you up. Well, it's they, Or they just leave them on death row and then just randomly go snatch one. That's what they're given no execution date. That's what they're suing about. That they don't know if it's going to be today oh, or so if it's, it's going to be 10 years from now that I'm going to die. So these guys are just living in constant fear that today they're going to get strung up. Japanese you know? roulette's way worse than Russian. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even get to spin the gun. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think that's one. They you know, what do you have to do to get on there. death row in Japan? Uh, I don't look at somebody sideways, I guess. I don't know. I no, I mean, kind of curious. It, well, Japan supposedly, supposedly. It's a very low crime rate, but the way their law enforcement works, they can kind of close cases without cases actually being closed. You know, uh, there's a lot of tomfoolery with how they file stuff in Japan. Um, so I don't, I don't know what, what meets criminal uh, capital punishment in, in Japan as far as, as far as um, execution. I figured Pokemon gone wrong. <laughs> He pulled the wrong card, motherfucker. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think um, I'm not a proponent of the death penalty, but I say that not ever having somebody close to me murdered. I'm sure if somebody murdered one of my family members, I might, I might be a little bit more for it. Um, I just, I don't. Oh, think, I can tell you, if somebody murdered like my child, I'd murder them right yeah them i mean I, I wouldn't i wouldn't mind murdering yeah. somebody who murdered somebody close to me i don't know if i want the state doing it yeah I, I want the government involved as little as possible in my life and i really don't want them killing people for me either i'd rather just do it myself you know what i'm saying we got a, we got a crick down here <laughs> crick and some cinder blocks take care of this shit all right this is from a um a reddit page called uh off my chest where people go in there just kind of tell stories rant and whatnot <clears throat> I think it's really good for this time of year since it is Men's Health Month. The title of the post is I'm really concerned about men's mental health. I'm a mental health therapist who's 48, female, uh, who has jumped back into dating after 10 years of hiatus. I've met a few men, taken some time to get to know them, and dang, usually about a month into getting to know these guys, I'm hearing phrases like, emotionally dead inside and unable to understand my my own or others' feelings. They are angry and irritated at the care of their emotional lives and have very low levels of positive emotion. I feel so horrible for them when they disclose these things to me. It's very sad. I'd like to think that my sample size is low and that my observations cannot be generalized to the entire heterosexual male population, but my gut tells me otherwise. I think there is a male mental health crisis. Your mental health does matter, and I wish I could fix it all for every one of you, but I can't. So, yeah, this lady has jumped back into dating. 
dating guys around our age, I guess, because she said she was 48, so it's pretty close, kind of a median age of us, of us, you know. I don't know how old you are, so I'm not going to ask. You never ask a woman that. Uh, my I'm mother, close to that. Okay. My mother, my mother told me when I was young, there's three questions you never ask a woman. How old are you? How much do you weigh? And when's your baby due? Because you're not going to like any of the answers. Smart See, mama right got a good mama. Smart mama. But I mean, yeah, so she's, she's seeing it with female eyes. You kind of what we talked about last week. A lot of guys are just kind of giving up. Um, I think a lot of it goes back to what you discussed before about <clears throat> guys being locked in the ring. You know, um, only female interaction they're seeing is on OnlyFans or or Twitter or whatever. Um, I think a lot of guys don't have a healthy. I think a lot of guys have been sold a bag of goods, like they're all going to be famous, they're all going to be rock stars, you know. And when it don't happen in their forties, into their fifties, they get kind of burnt out on it. They're burnt out on life. I don't know. I found a good woman when I was younger, so yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> I tell you, man. I mean, I mean, I mean. I'm sure you could probably, you know, say something to the, you know, the way other guys are geared mentally. I mean, I know that there's. It, it's easy, you know. Whenever you've been, you know, gone through some craziness, man. I mean, you're you're gun shy, but you know, some guys are are not even willing to get out there and you know put themselves in a spot. Yeah. You know, especially guys that might have found love early. You know, in life, something you know, and pretty much predominantly most of their life they were with one person and then all of a sudden something starts to go sideways in their late forties or or mid forties or whatever. And then all of a sudden they find themselves with no experience other than with just one person and their life is, is totally geared behind them. They're not, you know, they're, they just find themselves completely lost, you know, going forward. So it would be much harder for them to start from zero, you know, verse, you know, there's there's people out there, man, that that marry their high school sweethearts sure. right there in college or whatever. I mean, and, I mean, those, you know, a lot of those people that make it 10, 12, 20, 30 years or whatever. Then all of a sudden, you know, you, you see where, damn, man, we just really been kind of going through the motions. I, you know, I want to try something different before I go. And, you know, I mean, I've seen I've seen guys that that have just. That, that take it super hard like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure yeah. you, you saw these guys when, when you were on your, when you're in your dating experience here later in life, did you see a lot of guys who were just, just down in the dumps lost? I'm not sure so much as down in the dumps, but just, you know, the coin phrase of emotionally unavailable. Mm. And I think, um, and I've studied psychology and sociology in the past, so um, I think a lot of that has comes from a lot of um, past trauma and just not dealing with it, not just from childhood all the way on throughout life. Things happen, and no, they don't. Nobody and, and women as well. You just don't deal with it. You know, under the rug, I can handle this and move on. And um, those things will creep back up. You know, your your body, your mind is going to deal with it eventually. Yeah. You know much as you push it under the rug so and life um life's hard you know and and you in i think too men women we have this ideal of this is how life was was supposed to um turn out the american dream yeah yeah, yeah so much of that and that's not always the case 
And so when it doesn't turn out that way, there's no ability to deal with that. Like, oh my God, shit. Like I just lost my job. Oh my God, I'm in the middle of a divorce. You know, what, how do I deal with this? Yeah. And so it's just, um, that's, that's kind of my theory of, of what we're seeing. Um, and, and I, I have a 17 year old son. I started to say, you've got a, a yeah, boy. I have a boy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and talk to Harpoon about this. You know, I've, 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 uh, tried to keep them, him and, and my daughter, I have a daughter, I've, I've, she'll be 15. So keeping them off social media, because so much of what they're seeing is not realistic expectations. Like Absolutely. I caught them on watching, looking at porn. I'm like, dude, this is not a realistic expectation of a woman. Yeah. So there's so much false, you know, whatever out there. And they get this in their idea, like the, the for you pages and, you know, whatever, whatever that is on TikTok. What, what did you call it? What are we doing? The TikTok. Like that's such an unrealistic expectation of what. Oh, are you talking about like OnlyFans? The OnlyFans. Yes, 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 yes. for yes. you. I don't know. It's, it's okay. But those aren't realistic They're expectations. Well, just that we discussed it on here. So, you know, you, you know, if you finally get a woman in your bedroom, it's not going to be that. Mm-mm. If, it's, if it's somebody you yeah. truly care about, it's nothing. It's going to be nothing like that. Unless you're so. real lucky. But usually, girls. You talk talking about trauma. A lot of girls who, who yeah. have uh, sexual abuse in their past and things like mm-hmm. that. They turn, they over-sexualize themselves trying to attract. They think this is the only way I'm gonna get attention. Yeah. You know, I'm sure a lot of guys do the same thing. I don't. You see it a lot. You know, most women who've been in adult films come from a bad mm-hmm. background. They come from a rough background. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just not. It's not. It's still not accepted for a man to go and you know talk to somebody, talk about their emotions. I don't think it is like women. Women, we we can go and talk about our feelings all day long. You know, and um, well, the thing a little I, more expect acceptable i think a, a big part of that you know the only fans thing is it's it's being normalized yeah. which is too. horrible yeah. for people coming up yeah. you know especially younger boys and girls you know they see that and it's like oh cool i can make money doing that i don't have to touch anybody yeah cool you know it's it, it's not a it should not be a normalized thing no and it's it, it's being that way it's being put that way so yeah, that's would, a big that's a big deal too. I was talking to Tink about what we discussed about, you know, men, suicide rates and everything. You know, and I said the the worst part is it's guys in our age, thirty five to fifty five, number one cause of death is suicide. Needless, needless deaths. And I said, I told her, I said, I don't know if it's guys it's who white males too. What's that? It's white males. Oh yes, yeah. Um I don't know if it's guys getting Early middle ages into middle ages, they're getting there and they're going, shit. I did everything right. I went to college. I started a savings account. I got I got a job. I did everything correct. And shit's just still not working. Or it's guys who have dedicated themselves to a job since they were twenty one and they're getting thirty five forty and that job is going away. And they don't really have anything set up because they've been chasing the American dream. Bought a house, got married. Uh, she found somebody else left and took the house. Massive debt. Massive debt. You know, um, I think a lot of that is what the cause of it is. And when you go to hang out with your friends, you don't want to say, "God, I'm, I'm at the tipping point of of tying a rope." 
That's the last thing you want to tell your, your friends. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? You know, get the weirdo. Guys don't feel like they can talk about it. I know I can talk about it. You know, I can talk I about I think we all do. Yeah. I mean, this little group of, of For sure. folks, I mean, you know, everybody spilled their guts about something, you know. And I mean, we've all been very fortunate to have each other around, you know. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons, man, why it just flows so easy here, you know. Because, <clears throat> hell, we've talked all sorts of blood and guts type mental stuff. For sure. Each I was other. thinking about that earlier today. You know, because there's a lot of people that will never have that. No, you know, yeah, they don't. Right. They don't know that kind of brotherhood or mm-hmm. sisterhood, even. And you know, they they miss out on a lot not having that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, you know, I mean, our our little group of friends has got guys and girls. Sure. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it and it's just everybody's everybody's there for everybody, and that's. I really like that, you know, and everybody out there that doesn't have that, you're right, man. I mean, it, it does make it harder to, to open up to anybody. If you can't, if you can't trust that, you know, basically trust is, 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 is thinking that the person that is trusted is going to do the right thing, you know, I mean, or, or going to, you know, you're, you're thinking, Hey, whoever, if I give you trust, then, then I'm, believing that you will make the right decisions you know or whatever and if and if they feel like they don't have somebody that they can open up and tell that to you know and get like some honest good-hearted feedback or just get a hug or you know anything i mean you know something positive like that then it's much harder for them to or just hold it well, it's easier for them to hold it inside sure. and, and and it come out in a very negative way well, we don't promote healthy ways to deal with stress and anxiety. No. You know, we prescribe a, a drug. You know, crack another we don't beer say, or something. Yeah, hide it. Yeah. Alcohol, hide it. Yeah. Whether go exercise, you know, get outside just in the outdoors is, you know, vitamin D. I mean, there's just so, I mean, look what, I don't know if I should get political about COVID, but, you know, they shut, they shut all the gyms down. Yeah. Like that's like the number one way to increase your immunity. You know, same thing, whatever. But we, we as a society, we're not promoting healthy ways to deal with life. And we're, we're pro- we promote quick fixes. And, and yeah. those things don't last. Those things don't Take work. Take this SSRI, you know, get boost your mood. Yeah. You know. Yeah, here you go. Prescribe, prescribe, prescribe like this, like candy. Yeah. As a, a guy that I, I watch. Some on. people need that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking oh, yeah, about for sure. like there are situations where you need a, a prescription to get through situations in life. But, you know, it, so often it, it, it can be dealt with different ways. Yeah, they're using major fixes to fix minor things. There you go. Um, a guy I watched on YouTube, he was a, he served uh, two tours in Afghanistan and three tours in Iraq. Came home, had, severe like PTSD problems. And um the VA had him on I think seventeen prescriptions a day. Damn. Um six of which their number one side effect was depression. Yeah. Okay. Um well like the first usually the one of the first things they say if you feel suicidal don't take this don't pill. take this pill. And yeah. they're antidepressants and they're anti anxiety. Yep. Like, wait a second. What's what's wrong here? And so he was like, he was on the edge three or four times, like getting the gun out, getting it ready, you know, driving to a spot, writing the note, get, just getting ready just to be done. And he talked himself off the ledge two or three times. And uh, a friend of his was like, man, won't you come? His friend had lived in Breckenridge, Colorado. Come out here. Just couldn't get back from the war. Couldn't get a job, you know. 
I, I think his MOS was was rifleman. You know, he was in the Army and Marines one. But all he knew how to do was shoot a gun, pretty much. You know, and it's like, come out here, take, take some time to yourself. Come, so they got the Breckenridge, Colorado. It's beautiful. Rolled him a joint. Try. I don't smoke that shit, man. You know me. This guy was super clean. Didn't drink. Didn't do anything. Just try. In a week, he felt better. Stopped taking, stopped taking his medication. Uh, and moving to Colorado, he got a uh, got a medical marijuana. This was before they had rec out there. This was you know two thousand and six or seven. I watched him, and um, it was Breckenridge. Got a medical card. Got prescribed uh, an, a real dose of marijuana for for his PTSD. He had he hadn't touched the pills since. Wow. He said it was just that daily dose. You're not overdoing it. Taking what he's actually prescribed for his condition. He's productive, married now, got a kid. You know, he said you know, getting off all those pills the VA were shoving down his throat and just smoking a couple joints a day changed his life. No wonder, man. They they don't want that legalized because look at all the money yeah, they would be missing. Sure. Yeah, you know, absolutely. with the pills and yeah. whatever. Well, a friend of ours, um, Steph, I don't know if she listens or not, but I love you, Steph. Uh, her dad recently got, got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Which I don't know if you are familiar with pancreatic cancer, but it's a uh, it, it, it's it's a it's a sort of aggressive form. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what Trebek passed away of. Mm-hmm. R- Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze, exactly. Um, his he went to the doctor about a month ago, and the doctor prescribed him um, marijuana in pill form. What this is a brand name? All it is is marijuana pressed into a pill, and because um, he got where he couldn't eat anything, he was so sick from the chemo and the radiation and everything else. And, uh, prescribed to him. He said, it's, it's working. He can eat and eat. He's not, not getting uh, nauseous every morning when he wakes up. Yeah. It's really working for him. So much love to Steph and her family. Hope, hope her dad pulls through. You know, we're thinking about you and everything. Um, for sure. But yeah, I mean, I, there's, there's so many things, like you said, simple things like exercise, getting out and getting some sun. We're not talking about running a circuit Take a walk. Go Shit, walk. go for a damn walk. <laughs> walk down the street and back. You know, it makes such a such a big difference, uh, especially about people like me who work night shift. Six months out of the year, I'm not getting any sunlight. Especially so the, many people are vitamin D deficient. It's crazy. Well, my wife, my wife is redheaded, so she's really <laughs> deficient on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I wish if people would get out and do stuff like that more. It'd be a, it's a serious mood changer. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, just being active anyway. Anyway, I yes. mean, it did really help you out. Uh, simple. Like, you you teach yoga classes. Simple, simple yeah. stuff like that can get the blood moving. Yeah, I've been in I've been in the fitness industry for twenty five years, so I've seen every kind of trend come and go, and uh, I've 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 worked with people from all ages and. Um, you know, it's just go out and break a sweat. It doesn't have to be complicated. Like, what's what's the what's the miracle? What's the pill? How do I do P90X. this? No, it's just <laughs> just go break a sweat. Yeah. Go break a sweat. Whatever that looks, you know, whatever that is, you know, um, it's it, it. It doesn't have to be complicated at all. So yeah, just go break a sweat. That's get it. your heart rate up. Yeah, microdose some LSD. 
<laughs> Do something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was your prescription from Dr. Jutt tonight. The answer was microdose. Hashtag not a doctor. <laughs> microdose. <laughs> he, he went to the medical school of Columbia. And uh, now I, I did see an article this week. They've been. Have you seen like the big test they've been doing with um, psilocybin? Mm. You see it this week? Yeah. Well, they, I didn't see it this week. They I, did, I've been watching. They completed a lot of the first large scale test on using psilocybin to treat um, depression and. Some some like some kind of maybe like bipolar schizophrenia. Some it was it was two. Don't quote me on that. But oh, depression was one of them, and something else was another. PTSD. They've been checking PTSD for that on that on that one too. I'm gonna back up. Uh, what are you talking about? Uh, magic mushrooms, psilocybin. Oh, microdose. Microdose. Yeah, microdose. Oh, okay. And uh, they finished the first large scale study, and it showed. They said it showed overwhelming success. So that's that's a positive for sure. Called um, the ego killer. Yep. If it's from the earth. I think. I think you should hit my button too. <laughs> Man, have you ever done DMT? I even called it. I even I'm calling it my button. Man, I just stepped right in, didn't I? Yeah, you just all over my soundboard. I don't appreciate it at all, ma'am. <laughs> no, uh, what what did you just say? You ever tried DMT? I have not. Okay. You want to try some? Well, I probably want to know what it is first, <laughs> and then I may I'll answer that question. A resident doctor, Judd, you want to explain to her what DMT is? <laughs> no clue. Never Dimethyltryptamine. Um, Keep going. It's a big Joe Rogan thing. It's a big. He always asks everybody, "You ever done DMT before, bro?" Uh, DMT <laughs> is dimethyltryptamine. It's produced in your body. Um, God, I really am turning into Joe Rogan. It's produced in your body naturally in, in your pineal gland, which is kind of the third eye, it's in front of your brain here. And uh, when people die. It gets dumped into the, the blood system. Um, a lot of near, near-death experiences. Doctors think it's probably the, the pineal gland kicking in and the DMT hitting hitting your bloodstream. Um, it's uh, quite the experience. Um, you can get pure DMT, like from labs, and smoke it. So it's a psychedelic type thing just like mushrooms or acid or like a thousand times stronger than mushrooms but i mean it's it's along those lines that's what the that's what the deal is super psychoactive um there's tribes in central and south america and they make what's called ayahuasca and it's like you take the root of this plant and the leaf of this plant and the stem of this plant you mix them all together and it produces dmt in that uh, every plant has got DMT. Everything living has got DMT in it of, of some something. But I saw a guy who went down to Central America to try it, and they were going out in the forest with the tribes. They were picking up the pieces they need to make this stuff. And he's like, how do you know what goes with that? He goes, well, the God showed us. Wait, the what? The God showed us. Did you say God? The gods the showed God. us. Okay, gotcha. Like, duh, how do you think they figured it out? You know, <laughs> it was like. That makes sense. You know. And so when you drink ayahuasca, it is a full body purge before the trip kicks in. Damn. So both ends, it's coming out. <laughs> it cleans you out <laughs> completely. And um, they say that you meet one of three guides on your trip. And that guide is either a snake, a leopard, or a woman. One of the three. Um. 
you gonna roll the you have a thing with snakes or no i was just trying to see which one i wanted to meet well tink's like i can meet the snake i'm out <laughs> she's like terrified of snakes like on tv too shit. late at that point I love it though. they all have to they have some major like, like like meaning Do you yeah. know the meanings of each one of these a snake uh, a woman and a what a, a snake a woman or a leopard or a leopard okay so there's some fucking leopard uh leopard skin i don't like the leopard idea I'd be okay. I don't know if I want a woman leading me around. We get fucking lost. <laughs> right? Can you I'm say a man. that? I'm <laughs> Can I say what? Can you say that on the radio? I just did. We're not on the radio, please. Radio would not have me. My bad. Much as I say shit and fuck on here. Sorry, Mom. Um, I'm older. I don't. Radio is like all I know. <laughs> Turn on the transistor. <laughs> uh, AM, FM. <laughs> No, Henry, but, correct that jukebox. <laughs> you ain't got a dime. Um, no, but DMT is, is it's supposed to. You're supposed to be meeting your ego. Yeah. When you go into yeah. that, um, the the ayahuasca form, the the drink form of it, it's supposed to be really long, like hours, <laughs> a couple hours. Uh, you can smoke DMT, and you have like a twenty minute trip. Without all the puking shit, so, <laughs> but it is better. it is highly illegal, highly illegal to ha- to have it. But I have it on good good authority. There's a couple places out in Santa Barbara you can go and spend the night, and they will give you a dose of DMT while you're there. So wow, it's just hearsay. So now, how did how did how did Rogan wind up doing it? I, he's I, rich. I think he can <laughs> yeah, do anything. Sure. I, I yeah. think I think he smoked it a, a few times. Okay. I don't think he's ever done the ayahuasca. I don't think. I could be wrong though. But yeah, um it would So what's the what's the di- what's the difference between the three? The leopard, the Oh, it's just who your guide's gonna be. And what are they guiding you through? Through your ego. Ego, yeah. You 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 work out shit when you're on DMT. Okay. They show you shit in your life that you need to get, get squared away. Hmm. And it's from what I've heard, it's a pretty Pretty deep. Like Rogan said the last time he did it, it was like a crowd of jesters. Like the old court jesters with the big goofy hats, you know? Give him the finger going, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. He's like, my guy's like, you know, you're taking yourself a little too serious. You need to fucking relax in your life. You got $300 million. You need to relax. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of ego does that look like? You know? I don't know about a leopard. Um but yeah, that's that's just. I, I didn't know if you ever heard of it or not mm-hmm, or anything. I have not. Um, now, it, with yoga, there's lots of um, <clears throat> alternative methods to cleanse, to um, heal. I mean, Eastern medicine is so above and beyond anything in the West ever, yeah. and 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 yoga is like the mother of. Of all of it, it really isn't. You know, it starts with with yoga and um, yeah. So, um, well, I'm already I in a know. cult. I really don't want to. Are join you ready to go? Right Are you ready to go try it? Oh, I've done yoga before. I had really good success with it. Do you do hot yoga? I have. You don't offer it where you teach, though. Oh well. You don't um, get me all big and man sweaty in there. I can bring a heater. Blow <laughs> right in my face. <laughs> I mean, I've, yeah. I mean, I've I've taught. You know, pretty much hot in any kind of form at one point or the other. But, um, you doing goat yoga? 
with the goats. It's funny you say that. <clears throat> I, mean, for I will come for some goat yoga. I'll be for, I'm for real. Have you ever done that? Um, I have not. Um, but they're one of my customers and, um, to the North Alabama, she, um, she was having, started offering goat yoga. Dude, you, you couldn't get a spot. Shit was, classes were full. She was going to the farm. Get this, going to the farm, putting these goats, baby goats, in the back of her truck. Not in her truck. Oh back of her truck. <laughs> there was shit everywhere. Putting diapers. No, you put diapers on them. You put diapers on them. Swear to God. She was like going, I can't, I'm, I'm like, she was offering it like class after class after class. Freaking people like booked. I'm like, are you kidding me? These- where, where was she doing in in the gym. In the gym. In in the, the facility the in the with diapers, and they they literally they'll they'll they climb on you. I mean, like it's. But I mean, how far are we away from from healthy lifestyle? If we we got to, I just think got to be entertained with goats. With, we got to feel like we're one with like we're with nature with baby goats jumping on us while we're doing yoga. Like to me, that's just such a an example of. We need to chill out and normalize life and take out the crap. If, like, goat yoga is exploding and, you know, masses and amounts of people want to do that, like, to me, it just shows that, like, we're, we're, we're way out of balance in the, in the West. Like, I mean, we're just so Can I take the opposite stance of that? Okay. Can I say, hey, it took goats to get them involved in yoga. Maybe yeah. that's a good foot in the door to get them in. Into into like genuine. I like that stance. That's a very positive stance. That's what I do. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. You're mocking me, aren't you? No, I'm being dead serious. <laughs> I was being dead serious. Well, that's what yoga is about: positive stances. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? Positive. Positive <laughs> posing. It's hard positive. enough, man. Doing it. Awesomeness. Yeah, those awesomeness. It's hard awesome. Did it again. It's hard enough, man, doing them by themselves, much less having a, a oh. goat jumping on you. You know? I've done aerial yoga. Uh-huh. Like on a parachute or something, or what? You're suspended from the. Whoa. Yeah. That's some shit. I bet really? it is. Yeah. Talk about stretching. I could actually jump then. Yeah. I could actually get off the ground. Like you're, yeah. It's, it's, it definitely deepens the asanas. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> he wanted to. I could tell. Nah, I'm not going to do it. Uh, let's take a break so real quick. We get, we're an hour in. Let's take a break. Now, as I wanted to ask you, what's it? I don't think anybody here, except for. You need to get it up close to you. So you don't have to bend over. You can pull it up. Hit it like this one. Pop, 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 don't pop, hit pop, my pop. microphone. You know what I'm talking about? It makes that sound. <laughs> test, test, test. I don't know why I want to do that. I don't either. Sorry, my bad. It's kind of cool. I don't think I've had anybody on here who had kids from Mesa, and her kids are, are still young. What's it like dealing with a damn teenager nowadays? Mm-hmm. I think I do need another hit of that. <laughs> um. <clears throat> I, mean, I can only imagine the chaos that goes on in your life. 15-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old boy? Yeah, but yeah. my son is... Um, He's got an old soul. Um, you know, he drives a Ford Ranger stick shift. Uh, he works. He works in restaurant business. Um, 
I you look at the transfer. I know a guy. Yeah, he does know how to sweep. <laughs> uh, but it's funny though because I had to ask him after Harpoon was telling me the story. I was like, dude, like when you went to work, like did someone you know, have to show you? Did you know how to sweep? Like, how did I do as a parent? Like, did I teach you how to sweep? Like, I know you. I still don't know how to clean a room. <laughs> I mean, that shit's like, oh, fuck, man. Like, shit's growing. I'm like, okay, can you, like, adios the leftovers or whatever from the room? No, he's a good kid. Um, but uh, he's an old soul, and, you know, he loves the outdoors. My dad has been a big influence in his life, so um, hunting, fishing. I think that's a country song, too. But um, All of them. <laughs> um. I haven't had very little, had to have the porn talk with him. It's mm. a mom that was kind of a, all right, you know, like. Let's what, do this. Hey, here comes brother. you know, I said, look, you went there. So we're going to have the talk, you know, um, so being a single mom, you just got to do those things. Yeah. You know, I can't, I don't play around. I want them to know. I'd rather them know up front versus them find out about things on the back end and, and be like, what the hell? You know, and then they or they go to try to ask their friends about it, you know, and I told Harpoon, I said, peers are an influence in their lives. But the number one influence in a child's life is their caregiver, their parent, whether not it doesn't have to be a biological parent, but, you know, whoever's raising them. So um, I, I've, I've he's a good kid. I mean, that's great. You know, now my daughter girls and this uh she's she's great she's great too um she just it's very different to raise a a female in this world of social media wait a minute i've been told for the last two years that there's no difference between boys and girls oh shit (laughs) give me guys all day long i thought i I need to rephrase that uh raising boy the boy has been easier than raising the daughter um and uh and then I, you know, it's just, it's, it's the social media. It's the, um, women are emotional. I've General heard, cattiness. I've, I've heard, you know, girls are, um, yeah. And, you know, you just, I've chosen to raise mine very conservatively. And now that they're older, I'm glad I did that. Like none of mine, they were not allowed to get on. Uh, my daughter's still not on social media. My son was allowed to get on him. I said, once you're old enough to drive a car, then you're old enough to have social media, which I still think that was, is not a, especially for girls. So, um, got a lot of hell for that, but, um, I'm glad I have done that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, uh, every day is a new day and new challenges. And one of the guys who's the guy who's over our network, uh, Addison, he's got two, got a boy and girl. I think they're like, a. You're apart, you're in half part, yeah. and they're f- uh, five and four, somewhere around there, you know. And I, th- I think he is, like, he's got to be just terrified about what's ahead, you know. If things are this bad now, yeah. what are they going to be in ten more years when they're hitting their hitting their teens? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, I'm so glad that there wasn't social media when I was in high school. Um, I didn't get along with people in, in school. I was uh, bullied to, to a certain point, 
And, and the best part was was leaving school every day and getting away from the horse shit. Oh. And I couldn't imagine if I had to go home and hear all that all night long on social media or whatever. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that I grew up when I did. Yeah. It was kind of perfect. The, the Internet was really first kind of hitting when I was in high school. Um, and there was no social media besides AIM. <laughs> Yahoo Messenger, maybe. <laughs> Even then, you only knew people that, that you wanted could talk to you. Yeah. AOL. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was telling Harpoon, I had a conversation with my 15 year old daughter, and um, she was, you know, she, the sexuality, um, she has a friend who's a lesbian, which, and I love everybody. Like, I'm not being judgmental. Um, this is 15 year old's ninth grade, a friend who says she's bisexual. Um, you know, so there's just the he, she, oh wait, the he, him, she, her, they, them. Uh, there's a college application now where, um, well, you know, you can check, you know, he, him, she, her, they, or other. You know, so so that confuses me, and I'm almost 50, and my my daughter, 15, you know, is hearing all of this. And so in a 15-year-old brain that's not even developed yet, right? So how do you help them process that, um, you know, to, like, what's normal? Yeah. You know, so, and, and don't get me wrong, I what's normal, but, you know, how do they find themselves in a healthy place? Yeah you know, with that kind of stuff coming at them. So that, that was my newest um, conversation with her. And I told Harpoon, I was like, I don't, I just was like, I'm just here to support you. I'm here. How can I help? Yeah. That's always my stance with, with them. But I, I think it's, um, I'm not saying that some people don't identify as another gender or whatever. Um, but I think a lot of it is trendy. It's the new thing to do. Um, I forgot who it was. Somebody listened to on a podcast said their 10-year-old or 12-year-old, whatever it was, was in their class. And there was like eight or nine kids who already identified as transgendered. I'm like, the tra- transgender people are such a small part of the population. You're telling me a fourth of the class is identified that way? Yeah. A lot of it seems to be like an attention grab. <clears throat> Or a chance yeah. to be special or whatever. I mean, when we were growing up, if you were gay, it was like, oh, wow, you're one of those. <laughs> Didn't know we had any around here. You know, it was, but, you know, a guy, a guy could be gay, but you still go out and shoot hoops and whatever, you know. Well, he wasn't interested in this. I mean, look at this. Come on. <laughs> around here, it was just like, hey, come around to the back of the truck. I want to show you my trailer hitching this rope. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I went to college with the guys who were who were gay, women who were lesbian. Never, it never affected the way I, I saw them or anything. Well, I played women's softball. Oh, you Me you too. were in the mix. <laughs> Which one do you want? My button. Your button. You got your name on stuff now. And what you want? <laughs> I 
she goes there making demands and shit. She wanted, she's worse than Nancy. Harpoon's thinking, like, wait a second. What have I got myself into? <laughs> I wanted Nancy to come on the show, and she wanted, like, you know, a bowl full of brown M&Ms only, de-shelled. De-shelled. <laughs> you know? I want my own button. You got it. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm oh, and, and speaking of my birthday is coming up. It's coming weekend. One thing I want for my birthday is needs to come on the show. What? Let her know for me. Sorry. Boy. <laughs> you don't think she'll do it just for it's me? Never happening. Why? I, I don't. What's What's her problem? Here, here's what she told me. Okay, I, I want to get to the bottom. Because I've of this. asked her, I was okay. like, "Why won't you do the show?" And she was like, "Because I'm 40 years old and I don't want to." That was her answer. You send send her a message for me. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm 40. And I want her ass on the show. Well, it's not happening, man. <laughs> oh, woman. Dream guest. Yeah. Yeah, not not, not Rogan. Not Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> I want Nancy on the show. It's <laughs> one thing I want for Christmas. Hell. Let me write a song about it. All over Christmas is Nancy. <laughs> Floy. Good, good <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Fucking Floyd. Fucking Floyd. Um, no, I really, I wanted to get, get your your thoughts. I, I love my mom. If, it, if it's not readily apparent, um, had a, had shit for a dad. Great mom. Uh, my stepdad, who they've been married for around five years now, been more of a dad to me than my 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 dad ever was. Um, and. Uh, me and, me and mom have always had a very open, very open communication um, from the time I was small. There was something. There was nothing I thought I could. I couldn't tell mom. There are things I didn't want to tell mom. I know if I had a problem, I'd go to mom. You know. And so when when the sex time sort of rolling around, fifteen, sixteen years old, and she's like, "I need to tell you something." I'm like, all right, go for it. She's like, "Look, um, you shouldn't be doing that until you get married, but." If you do, this is what you need to know. You should be using protection. Um, things can happen. Uh, the girl can get pregnant, and that's going to be your responsibility. If you're grown up enough to do that kind of stuff, you're grown up enough to take care of a baby that you that you, that you produce. Um, you can get diseases that you could never get rid of. You know, she was very upfront about the whole thing. I think a lot of a lot of kids, don't, especially around here, being a very conservative area, parents kind of want to ignore stuff like that, and then they're shocked when it happens. And I, I think, uh, you know, being not a parent, I think parents should, you know, tell them how to do their job now. You know, I, I think kids would be better equipped to face the world, like sweeping at their first fucking job and shit, if parents would just talk to them, talk to the damn kid. You know, I, I don't. There's things I bring up now from high school and college. I was like, "When did you do that?" <laughs> I thought you told me everything. Like, I tell you everything. I didn't want to get beat when I was growing up. You know, I didn't want to go to jail, so I kind of kept it kept it quiet. I was in fights and shit that she didn't know about. You know, we were talking earlier tonight about how a lot of times parents will be quick to send their kids to their room or, or, or be okay with them being in there, you know, on the phone or on their, on the internet or whatever, you know, and then if the parent or something says, Hey, look, let's go do this. And the kid's like, God, I don't want to do that. You know, the, the parent was like, okay, man, we'll just go back to your room or go do whatever, you know? And I was telling her, like when I was a kid, you know, 
mom or dad said, hey, let's go or let's do this or, hey, you're going to do that, whatever. It wasn't, you know, what I wanted, man, was okay, man, but we can do that when you get back. Go get the gas can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever. Wash my car. Let's go mow somebody's yard. Well, I mean, you, your parents are from a. Boomers. They're from a, yeah, a generation before my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom is at the tail end of the baby boomers. You know, she's, she'll be 63 in December, I think, you know. Um, she's kind of more like your contemporary. You know, she's not, she's about a decade older than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so your parents come you know, from the tail end of the greatest generation, mm-hmm. tail end of, of the, the World War II generation. Um, I'm sure parenting has changed a lot since your parents raised you to what what they have now. Oh yeah, I mean, from the time you were born, I'm sure your dad had you doing you know, his military service. He had you up. Let's do some chores. Let's get oh, yeah. get shit clean, put away, squared away. And mom, man, is super active. You know, yep. she was constantly, you know, doing and stuff. You know, she 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 was always she had three little Indians. You know, me and my two brothers, yeah. and a, a lot of times. She would make everything, or a lot of times she would make stuff a game, you know, for us in order for us to do whatever it Be was. Competitive, whatever she wanted you to do. Competitive, or yeah, make some kind of little, you know, payoff for whatever it was, you know, that, you know, whatever the chore was or whatever, just so she could get things done without having to yell at you. Yeah. You know, or, or smack you with something. You know, I mean, it was just a, hey, let's, you know, we're going to do this. And, and it was a fun thing. She made it sound fun. And, you know, and I'm gonna, we're going to break out the vacuum cleaner. And, you know, all of a sudden, everybody's like, I want to do my room. I want to do, can I do the hall? Can I do this? You know, hey, man, is it time? Can we vacuum again? You know, where it, otherwise, you know, it'd be like, go vacuum this. And you'd be like, nah, I don't want to do that, you know, because it, you told me to do it. Yeah. Well, you that, told me to go. That was a generation two where it was only took one salary to you know, raise a family. Raise a family. Your dad yeah. was working. Mom was staying at home. You know, and it's it's, it's changed. For and, sure. Um, that changed parenting style and and time spent with kids. Yeah. Um, but it's still it's a choice. It's a lifestyle. Um, to go without it is very different in today's world than it was when our parents were, were raising us. You know, but it can be done. But Again, social media, what are we trying to do? Keeping up with the Joneses, having this status, you know, and then what does that cause? Stress, anxiety, unrealistic expectations. Anyway, it's just, this is an interesting Goat menu. yoga. <laughs> it's also naked yoga. For it. No, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Not for Speak me for anyway. Yourself. Sorry. Uh, Downward facing dog. It's a <laughs> Don't yuck somebody's yum. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's the quote of the week right there. Don't yoke somebody's yum. I, I agree. Um, yeah, I, so I think it's. I, I don't mean to sidetrack, but. No, you're fine. No, I, I, I just I wanted to get your view of it because I, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't imagine trying to raise a kid in today's today's world. Um, you know, that's why I had to, uh, is to tell people, yeah, you know, people are posting all that stuff on Facebook, Instagram, especially. You see a, a lot of, you know, vacations, trips, parties. They're showing you the highlights. Highlight reel. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, the highlight reel. you're not getting, 
you know, coming home that night and then get up the next morning and puking your guts out all, all day long. But it don't show you the aftermath of a lot of that stuff. And we've all bowed to the porcelain god at some time in our life, some more than others. More than once. Yes. <laughs> some have hung on for dear life. <laughs> you know, yeah, but kids don't, you know, me and the wife enjoy vacations. It's it's kind of our our thing. We always try to plan out, um, especially in the Caribbean and whatnot. And uh, my wife, she works very hard for work for where she's at. Um, she had a, a job she had for thirteen years that almost drove her insane. Um, and I forget it was when she was getting ready to go to another another job or something. She she had said. Um, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? I thought for the last year and a half she was preparing to divorce me. Because I, 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 her mood was so off from her job. Um, I, I, I think I told her. I thought for the last year and a half you hated me. Um, but with this new job, she's perked right back up, back to her old self. Um, and it, it's a. If I can give any word of advice, don't let your job rule your life. People do that so much nowadays. Um, I'm lucky enough that when I'm not at my job, I'm away from my job. You can turn it they, off. They don't call me. They don't text me. They don't do anything. Um, I, I think a lot of it, back to raising the kid, people have are trying to raise kids plus do a job that takes up 16 hours of their day because a lot of jobs have lost. The, there's no... There's no more line between work and home anymore. They can get you everywhere on your phone, email on your phone, everywhere. Yeah, you can't turn it off. That was the best part when I took this job I have now. Um, I said, how do I set up my email on my phone? Oh, you don't have to do that. I'm like, good, because (laughs) I didn't want to. Um, I had a job a number of years ago selling firearms, and uh, it's a very competitive job, Um, a lot of commission-related stuff, and that became my life uh, for a good two years. I got where I would I would go into work at seven in the morning. I would come home at six thirty or so, and I was down in front of my laptop. And uh, Tink would bring me a, a plate of food, and I would eat and answer emails and and look up trying to find guns people wanted. I do that to one thirty two in the morning go to bed, get up at seven the next morning, do it all over again. You know, um, that commission based stuff. It was, I made really good money. It was really good. You were real successful. I mean, you went trips and all sorts. I mean, you're, you're getting paid off. Um, but it wasn't worth the trade off. Right. You know, that's two years of my life that I totally dedicated to my job. Um, that was when I would go on vacation, I couldn't do the vacation cause I was trying to make sales while I was off to make that commission check, even while I was on vacation. Um, and it, it, it hit me hard. I mean, it, it, it became all I did. No time for anything else. And uh, that's, that became a real problem. I think that's why we're seeing a lot of kickback now with all the anti-work type stuff going on. Uh, people just not wanting to, not wanting to work under those conditions anymore. And a lot of people don't want to work at all, period. Have you seen my sign? <laughs> yeah. 
Tink pointed it out the other day. <laughs> we got up to go uh, to get something to eat the other day. You sent me a picture of it. I went right? to town. And we drove by, and she said, oh, I said, what? And she goes, you see Harpoon's new sign? And I said, no. It's one of these uh, LCD signs that kind of rotate and tell different stuff, right? Yeah, it's a digital. Yeah, digital sign. And I said, what did it say? She said, it says, lead by example, get back to work. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> They're throwing shade. <laughs> yeah, I tell throwing you, I real. Tell, yeah, I got. Uh, I just got to go back to work out there now. I mean, I, I, I bumped it a little bit. I mean, what are they going to do? Somebody's going to say something about, hey, man, why are you trying to encourage people to do the right thing? What do you think you're doing? have to send them to their safe space. Yeah, right. <laughs> You know, um, you were talking about how the amount of time affects your quality of life. You know, all of us here tonight, you know, are now having a little bit more freedom to, you know, I know that Judd's got an extra day off, you know, and and uh, Miss Alabama. I mean, you got a little bit more, you know, leeway it's on how here. you can, yeah. you know, move things around and and you've got several days off in a row and i've got several days off in a row and i think all of us have recognized how much of a positive impact that has you know i know i for sure speaking for me that having some extra time off i can i can i feel like i'm healing you know physically i feel much better you know uh, i don't hurt constantly and and i feel like i actually have a life you know outside of work you know, and I'm, and I, I just asked Judd earlier today, earlier tonight, you know, if, um, you know, if his, if his new day off a week had a, had a schedule yet, if he's got anything, you know, fun that he's doing, you know, trying to cram in or, or whatever. Uh, I, I'm anybody that can have some, some time off while you're working, while you're doing some stuff, you know, uh, productively, man, I, I think that is a, a good way to go. You sure. Know, instead of working like the 60 and 80 hour weeks stuck in one spot, you know, like we've all done before, you know, I mean, you just got to be there. But it's a lot healthier to have some some time off to where you have a balance. Yeah. And I think that's a, a thing with the anti work. When I said anti work, there's, there's, there's two kind of groups. There's one group who is against working altogether. They think they should not be forced to work for anything in their life. And there's another group who's decided they're not going back to work until they get a well-structured job. And I get that. Uh, a lot of companies have taken advantage for years of workers, and I'm not in favor of that at all, at all. Uh, we have a major auto manufacturer here close to us. They can't get anybody to work anymore. And 15 years ago, they said, we're being very selective about who we hire. We're going to do it this way. It's only way we're going to do it. People were lined up trying to get jobs, and they would they would only hire so many people. Everybody else they told, take a hike. Now they're begging people to come to work, and they can't get anybody. It's either because they're not qualified, the ones that are left over, because most folks who've, who've taken this time during COVID to flush out their job, their job possibilities have moved on to something better. If you know what the, the jobs at that plant – they work swing shift every two weeks. So two weeks they work days, next two weeks they work nights. Who wants to work that schedule? I worked monthly swing, swing shifts for a while. That was bad enough. We work one, one, one month on days, one month on nights. If I could have just worked nights on that job, I'd have been thrilled. But that back and forth in your job, your, 
you work from six to, from six to six, either, either six in the morning to six at night, or vice versa. If I got to work six at night till six in the morning, I'd have been fine. But getting up at five fifteen to get to work by five forty five, and then clock in at six, that was rough. I was going to bed at eight o'clock at night when I had to work days. I hated it. Hated it. So, yeah, people are taking time now, I think, and I think it's a good thing to sort out their work life. Um, but uh, companies are going to have to change, or people are going to have to get desperate for money, one of the two. Yeah. It's just my opinion. Uh, I am glad there are companies that are off- offering bonuses and stuff to not only bring in new people, but also to retain the ones they've got, showing some some gratitude to the ones who actually did hang around and wanted to do the job. I think it's a big plus. Um. So, yeah. Anything else tonight, y'all? She had uh, asked me earlier how you got started in the podcast, man. You'll talk about how you got this thing rolling. Oh, yeah. I, um, I listened to the guys from Give That Some Thought who are on our network here. Uh, I've been listening to them for, shit, five years. Um, and uh, had just kind of messaged Addison after listening to like a few of their episodes. Like, hey, man, really enjoyed your show. You know, Keep doing what you're doing. I, I love what you're doing. And we started kind of messaging back and forth. And then they set up a uh, chat room for people they've known for a while, listen to the show on Telegram. And I got talking to them in there. And uh, then I went up to um, St. Charles to see a buddy of mine. And they are based out of St. Charles, Missouri. That's where they're from. And I, I sent my message to Telegram. I'm like, hey, man, I'm coming up to St. Charles here pretty soon if uh, – grab a beer or something. He's like, okay, cool. So like the day I was leaving to go to St. Charles, I'm like, Hey, I'm coming to St. Charles tonight. And he's like, for real? I was like, you think I was lying to you? You know? And so, uh, hey, who's this crazy stalker? <laughs> <laughs> we had like, we had done like voice. We done like video chats together, stuff, just shooting shit. Uh, they, uh, him and Matt both have become very good friends of mine. They're both great guys. Is that the ones you used to bust balls in their chat room all the time? Oh, I still do. Yeah. Shit. Okay. <laughs> we talk about right. shit. You used to tell me about it all the time. You're like, man, last night on that chat room. <laughs> um, and so I went up there, and uh, they invited me to come on to their show and talk. And uh, so I went in there and recorded an episode with them and had a really good time. Uh, when I was in high school, I worked at a small radio station here locally uh, as, a, as a summer job. And so I had some experience, and then I saw what Matt Addison set up, and I was like, oh, shit, anybody could do this shit. I'm just joking, guy. <laughs> That's what Matt said the other day. He said, Hangle came in, saw our setup, like, oh, this is all you got to have? Fine, that's how I can do this. No, but um, I had toyed with the idea before, but I had no idea what I needed to, to get going uh, as far as loading the episodes to get them uh, published. And Addison's got a whole setup in a cloud server. He they loads just theirs on. He's like, "Hey man, it's gonna be a, if you." I, told him, I think I'm gonna set up a podcast. He's like, "Great, if you'll be part of the network, let me know, and I'll I'll host your episodes for you." And so, um, I bought this board and these microphones and uh, set up our little closet here. We're sitting in and uh, the Hango Show. The Hango Show was born, and uh, he, he he gave me a rudimentary. Uh, education on using Audacity, which is what we use to edit our episodes with. Super simple to use. I could teach anybody how to use it. It's super, super easy, and it's free. And so the biggest investment was the board. That was $600. You know, mics were 100 a piece. Um, 
and the software was free. The cords were five bucks a piece or whatever. So how do you do you see who all is listening? Uh, he sends me having... analytics. Yep, okay. so I can see where it's being uh, listened to from okay. per state, uh, per country. Um, so I was talking to Brandy about, she said she listened to it while she was in the Maldives. She was like, so you probably got you a listener. <laughs> if you get a thing from Sri Lanka, you know who it came from. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I started, um, I started doing the show. The first three were kind of rough. Uh, cause I was so damn nervous. I don't know why I was nervous. Uh, once I started intimidating get, well, once I started getting harpooning here and, and, you know, and, because he, he could he can talk to anybody, about like I am. Yeah, he um, when it became more of a bullshit session instead of just a, like an actual pick on a topic to do, it became a lot easier. Because you know cool. the shit that I see at night sometimes just blows my mind. Between the upside down bathroom and damn near <laughs> armed assault by Billy, <laughs> Billy got a gun. This <laughs> uh, is fun. I, mean, I I think we have we tell so many stories to hear. You know. Your dad making you mow the yard until you puked. And yeah, I mean, we have so many stories from, I think that's the human experience to me is, is, is better than anything. No, totally. The old saying of that, you know, life is stranger than fiction. Absolutely true. Amen. Who would have, who would have believed that bathroom story if I'd wrote it in a book? Nobody. He's like, he's making this shit. Nobody, nobody builds a bathroom that way. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I, I really, I always think, um, Addison, every week when he uploads, he'll send me up notice. He shows up live. I mean, I appreciate it because he's taking time out of his schedule to put up with my bullshit. Yeah. Or sometimes the episode has some kind of problem with the file and it won't load into the editing software. So I've got to send it to him, have him reformat it and send it back to me before I can edit it. If I would, if I, if I didn't have him, um, those episodes would have been gone. I would have had no idea how to recover them. Hmm. So thanks to Addison, as always, he's he's like Superman himself. Um, and how cool is this to have this forever? I mean, you can always. Go That's what you said when we first started this. Yeah. There's so many, so many, so much shits happened to us in our lives. Yeah. You know, all the parties that we've had and told stories and bullshit and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, and I've, I've <clears throat> I keep all these saved on a hard drive, so I've got them. Forever, yeah, and then plus they're backed up on Telegram, so yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't do any of this without without all, all my friends, without never, all y'all. I would have never known the country titties story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grateful. I can go back and listen to that over and oh, over and man. over. For sure. What I'm thinking about doing is for um, <laughs> is for because we're almost we're almost at a, at a full year, almost there. We're almost. I'm trying to get to 52 episodes uh, by the end of by the end of. I do it by the end of this year. I should. I already got enough to finish the year out saved. Um, so I'm thinking like toward the end of the year, I may do a compilation of like the best stories from the show. Yeah, just yeah. put them into one big episode and publish it at the end of the year. I think it'd be a lot of fun to do, like a best of the first uh-huh. year. Yeah, that'd be really cool. So I may do that. But uh, you got anything else tonight? Yeah, man. Um, go, for it. <laughs> go for it. Go for it, dude. <laughs> what, I ain't trying uh, to rush you. I just didn't know. No, I didn't no, 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 man. I mean, I just want to know, man, what, what, I mean, what's the game plan for your birthday? Wait, when's your birthday? Sunday. I mean, so, I mean, we got to, we got to. Mom's making a peach gobbler. Hmm. We're going to do our Thanksgiving that night, too. We're going to do it all in one. 
um, cause I go back to work on Thanksgiving night. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to not both of them all out together, mm-hmm. but I'll be over here next Monday. So y'all can give me hell then. I mean, we're going to at least schedule a shotgun and beer. I'm all for it. Like sure. Something, huh? We, I can celebrate with y'all next week. Do we get to pick the beer? Please don't. Because <laughs> you're going to bring fucking Southpaw or some shit. <laughs> Wait, can you even get that shit anymore? <laughs> I'm sure you can. Go to <laughs> True. And I, I if, if y'all want to, if y'all want to come hang out Sunday night, I'm fine with that too. Well, you know, um, Tammy's birthday's right around the corner too. When's hers? Twenty six, maybe. Um. I think Jay's is the twenty seventh or twenty ninth, one of the two. He's pretty close to mine too. I know. I texted her the other day and asked her if she had anything planned for her birthday, and she said that um, if she did anything, it'd have to be this weekend because, or this coming weekend, I guess, because she's going back to work. Okay. Or whatever. But yeah. I know she's she's right around this time too. Now we're going to do our Thanksgiving and everything together. Mom asked me what kind of. Cake I wanted. I thought I wanted a peach cobbler. It's a peach cobbler cake. Last year she asked me, I said, I want sweet potato pie is what I want. I don't want, I, I'm not a big cake fan. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me. I've always preferred pies or cobblers or something like that. Yeah. Cheesecake. Banana, Banana cheesecake. pudding. Banana pudding. Banana pudding. I got some cheesecake in there. So you want to try it? It's really good. I'm good. Why you got your jacket on for? Well, this is a tank top underneath here. So I thought I, you took. Oh, your jacket. So whose jacket is that? I don't know. Which oh, jacket are you talking about? <laughs> I That's not you, mine. I thought you'd pulled your jacket off. My bad. <laughs> covering, Sorry, covering them big country jeans. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's all for me, man. That's I'm it? not going to interrupt no more. Now you're fine. Jet, anything from you? Nope. Miss Alabama, thank you for bringing the trip up here. It's oh, awful nice of you. you. Came it. just to see me, I'm sure. I did. I love you more and more every day. <laughs> right, let's wrap this up. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Hango Show. Be sure to go by tripodbroadcasting.com to check out all the shows there, including Matt and Addison that give that some thought. Also, be sure to check out our sponsors down in the show notes, like ebles.com, E-A-B-L-E-S, where you can use the promo code Hango to save 15% on some premium CBD products, including new CBD-infused coffee beans. Also, check out MyDelta8.com. Harpoon, Jut, and Miss Alabama. I love all three of y'all. And I love all y'all out there for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.